1: Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Wednesday, October 9th. I'm Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thanks, Yahoo. And today I get to thank Yahoo directly with my guest and co-host, Andy Barons from Yahoo. Andy, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, um, it's always great to always great to obviously be on with you. Who who knew Yahoo was sponsoring it? That's awesome. Yeah. You look guys at us, have... look at
1: us out there spending money. Yay. Baseball and football all season long. It's been great. Um, so thanks. Thanks again. Uh, we, and we do a bunch of leagues, baseball, football with all the Yahoo peeps. You're not in friends and family anymore for uh baseball. Um, uh, I mean, who I, I learned total, total quarter control from you. Um, <laughs> yeah, B, we got to add the pioneering
2: B. fantasy yeah. baseball expert when, you know, I, were there any more hills to climb for me? I don't really think so. No, I drew a hard line with, uh, with Scott over the, the actual settings in the league and he refused to budge. Um, so we're, we're in a, we're still in a, a stare down.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Gotcha. Uh, um, I can't like, I can't, I don't know, maybe it's my own, I'm in my dotage as a fantasy expert, but like I, you know, in a daily, like first come first serve transaction league, I'm no longer in a place in my life where I can compete with people whose job it is to like write player blurbs all day. So I was like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs>
1: You want to go to weekly, go, huh?
2: We either go weekly transactions, or um, y- you know, b- you can you can find your way in this in this world without barons. <laughs>
1: uh, but who can pioneer TCCB though? I mean, I just I don't know.
2: I, I'm <laughs> trying to carry out, the now torch out there, and I'm raking in all this money from people using it. Yes, you know. yes. Uh,
1: but anyways, uh, we are still together in Sin City Showdown, the run uh, league run by uh, Brad Evans. Uh, we did the auction in July. Uh, in Vegas and the massive Evans Suite, uh, and <laughs> which was actually a very nice hotel suite. I it was awesome. Yeah, it was. That was a really good time. Yeah, uh, and that's a unique uh, format. You know, started by our buddy Mark Stopa. It was the 14 teamer, uh, two, you know, QB flex, another flex, three receivers, and two tight ends. Uh, I gotta say, I, I'm not a fan of the two tight end format. I think it's worse <laughs> than two catchers. Yeah, it's, um,
2: it, it's hard. Uh, and, and I've tried it any number of ways. I've tried punting tight ends. I've tried spending up for tight ends, which like sounds good in theory, but it turns out tight ends are pretty fragile. Yeah, um, who knew? I, I've tried, yeah, I've <laughs> tried, like, I probably could have, I probably could have figured that one out, but, uh, you know, like it gets in your head cause your, your second tight end is, is never anyone desirable. No. Um, I actually, I think it like, that might be the one thing that I didn't do terribly wrong in that league. I'm, I'm like one in four. I'm actually having, I, I think, uh, it might be my worst league right now, Really, but I, I don't even hate the Like, I don't even hate the team. I have some nice players there, but, um, I think my second tight end in that one is Hawkinson. So you're dealing with the injuries that are, that are just ever present at the position. Um, it's yeah. I've I've tried I've tried every which way, and we're we're about at the max number of owners that you can that you can uh, survive with in in a two quarterback two tight end league. It's rough.
1: Right, right, and it really is QB flex. Super flex really is a two QB league. In all in all honesty, I think I think people need to realize that. And I think most people do at this point in time. Uh, as little as five years ago, there I, I didn't hear that many people playing in leagues like this. Now it's a lot more common to play in a super flex league.
2: Yeah, it's funny. My, um, one of the first leagues that I was in, I don't know, forever ago, it feels like 40 years ago, but it was probably probably like 25 years ago. One of my very first leagues was a two quarterback league, not a super flex, but like you had to start two quarterbacks. And so. I, like I was under the early impression that that's just how everyone played. <laughs> and yeah, then, and then you know I, I started play. I started I started writing about uh, sports and fantasy sports a little more. Started playing in, in more public style leagues, and you're like, oh, well, we've somehow turned the position of greatest importance in the actual real life NFL into the least important position in fantasy by by only starting one of these guys. So I the the one the one thing that is great about a Superflex or two QB league is that it places proper importance on the quarterback position because you just You know, you just can't win those things if you're if your second quarterback is like from the from the case Keenum, Josh Rosen bin.
1: Right. Uh, And I've been trying to, you know, pound that point home. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to encourage like Greg Ambrosius. Hey, let's get a Superflex contest for the NFFC, but not there yet. But I think it would be so awesome. I think it really would be awesome to add that to the mix of games that they offer. But uh, you know, it's it is fun. I like doing that, and I always make a point of getting three QBs if I can in that yeah. in that format. And then this year, that's really been important to do. Uh, when we had uh, black Q, to, uh, uh, black two, like black week two. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good way. It's not a good euphemism. I'll come up with something better, but, uh, you know, week two where we lost so many quarterbacks,
2: um, and you know, it's, all of a it's sudden, funny like the funny thing about it um, is that I, I came into this season and I feel like a lot of other people came into this season saying, I, I, I just didn't remember a time when the quarterback position had felt so deep, you know, you'd, you look at your ranks and you right. have Tom Brady, like 20, 21, 22, you know, and you had these guys who were probably going to be 4,000 yard passers, like in the twenties. And I was like, well, this is cake. It's never been so good. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're heading into week three and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to add Josh Allen. What if I don't get
1: Josh Allen on the waiver wire? What will I do?
2: You know, like it just got, it got so bleak
1: so quickly. I'm in a 16 team league. It's now it's just a one QB league, but that's still deep enough that like if I don't get Andy Dalton here, I'm hosed. I have Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah. and I note I did not get Andy Dalton, and I am (laughs) hosed. I think I might have gotten Gardner Minshew in that one though, but that was good. You know, uh, so that that actually might end up being better. But there, you know, I, I'm still host because I had a host of other things happen there too, and that's just the thing. I mean, other injuries still happen too. Uh, I'll so put you want a tangent
2: on your on your own pod, but like, where, where would you set the odds of Gardner Minshew finishing the season as that team's
1: starting quarterback? Like, oh, it's been pretty good. Oh, it's better than a week, better than half, better than fifty percent. I think it's a better than average chance he finishes. I mean, he's been he'd have to go through. You know a pretty big losing streak at this point You know the fumbles are an issue Handling the pass rush is an issue but you know Guess what it is for most quarterbacks too uh, But yeah ball security might be The one thing but yeah I mean I feel Bad for Nick Foles because he's finally Going to get a chance get uh, Reunited Filippo. they look good In the brief right. sp- spell before He got hurt I mean, I don't know
2: uh, you know, yeah, I was looking at the I was looking at the schedule. In like three of the next four games, Minshew is facing defenses that are among the top ten in terms of uh points allowed uh, to the quarterback position. Like he's gonna he's gonna go off over the next month
1: and then it's gonna be really, really hard to argue for Foles. Yeah. Um it it will be. Uh just yeah, he looked good in a series and a half. Uh through not t- he got hurt, you know, got out went out on a shield on a touchdown pass, but uh yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for him. But then again, I mean, good for Minshew that, you know, I like it when smart people do well. And he seems like a really smart guy. So uh, I was happy to see that. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I think it's better than 50% chance he keeps the job. I'd agree with you on that. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. A bunch of injuries, as we were talking about. We got the Thursday night game. The Giants, they've got... Man, you know, all you know he, daniel jones congratulations you're the starter now try to win without barkley <laughs> without Shepard, without ingram i who i haven't since since shit since city i mean that's how i feel about it yeah <laughs> exactly i've got him and i had james o'shaughnessy so I, yeah i had the, the pleasure of trying to find two tight ends this week i've only found one so far but uh on a related note if you want to trade me hawkinson i'll take the gamble on him maybe this week um but we'll see. You know, if you need help in another position, we can even do the first ever podcast trade. Uh, oh, maybe that's what I do. I'll shake it up. I haven't I haven't traded in that league yet. Yeah. Ted. I mean, I've gotten relentless offers from superfan Ted Bell. He loves being called superfan. Uh, <laughs> but you have three tight ends. So although one of them's Cameron Braid. So you have two tight ends. Yeah, I have like two point two five. ends. <laughs> yes. Oh, and you have Henry also. Oh, Interesting.
2: You've got 2.35. I will say I just kind of scrounged Henry because I feel like I realized we had an IR spot and maybe not everybody did. <laughs> so, I, so I just added him directly to the IR spot. He's not someone I that, – that is – not of my many auction mistakes, that
1: is not one of them. I'd portray that as a savvy move and an accurate assessment of at least one person's knowledge of the the, the IR spot. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, hmm, these guys have guys on IR. Hmm, I messed that one up. <laughs> hmm, weird. Yeah. there's, there's other things about the Yahoo settings. You can have a guy just have a blank spot in your active lineup. If you just want to stash someone on reserve uh, on your bench, maybe yes. create a, you know, I, I know Liz exploited that famously in baseball, like 10 years ago in friends and family. And I was like, Oh, Eureka. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> oh, you know, you, we can draft, not draft a defense if we wanted to and just pick one up later. Oh, you know, things like that. Many, many things. You got to know your platform. Yeah, it's that's like
2: basically the oldest role in fantasy, right? Um, took yeah. took me a little while to figure out that we had the IR spot in this league. I can't, I have to confess that I I was not aware of it immediately.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can make a trade. I look at your lineup, I look at your roster, and I don't see like that glaring hole. You know, your team's roster
2: belies its record. I felt that way. And then, yeah, you look at my record. It's I'm one and four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like,
2: like yeah, I well, like I like, I have holes. but I know there's, there's nobody in that. Um, you know, two quarterback, like I've got Murray and cousins, which is fine except for cousins has been mostly a disaster until last week. Um, earths is one of my tight ends. So I'm fine at tight end. I'm like, I'm fine everywhere. I, I'm, I'm, not saddled is wrong, but I, but you know, I I've got Deandre Hopkins who of course went off in the opener, which remains one of the best games of this NFL season. Mm -hmm. Um, and has been quiet for fantasy purposes ever since he, he had 88 yards last week. He's seeing like eight, nine targets a week. So that's fine, but he hasn't blown up yet. Um, so I, have just got a relatively quiet team. Yeah. And last week had to be super frustrating. You're like, Atlanta's coming to town. Sweet. And, and it's one of those games where if you just see, you just see the number, like I, you know, the flight lands and I, and I see how many points have been scored in that game. And I'm like, okay, finally I get my two touchdown new Copkins game. And no, 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 none of that. Yeah. Well, as a Beckham owner, I can appreciate that.
1: Uh, that's oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. They've each had one game. They've each had one game. It right. was
1: special. Um, and, and nothing since. Right. Right, very frustrating, very frustrating indeed. So the Giants this week, no Shepard, no Ingram, no Barkley, no Wayne Gallman even. No, yeah, no hope. Should start Eli, protect Daniel Jones. Put, I think you suggested someone that uh, I was trying to, you know, look. Look for questions for Andy, and I saw you jokingly suggested that Dean Jones should be tight end eligible because he was worked <laughs> out there. Maybe that could help me in that league, there where I'm, I've got a big zero for one of my tight end spots after getting Ryan Izzo as my other tight end. But uh, my T, my TE one for this week so far. But oh uh, man, ugh,
2: brutal. Yeah, that would. I got to imagine that would be a big no thank you for me, Eli Manning, if they <laughs> if they actually wanted to put him in for the start. Right. Um. I like. Yeah, New England obviously is a, is just an absolutely, I, I, I think they're a dominant defense. They sure look like a dominant defense, but they've played this, like, I don't know. They've played a schedule that's softer than like the Iowa Hawkeyes non-conference schedule. Right, <laughs> like It's just been terrible. Not, not uh, you know, whatever. It's the NFL. It's not their fault. It's mostly division opponents. And they are going to have a stretch where they face like the, the credible teams, in the NFC East, and they're going to have some respectable opponents. They've got the Chiefs later on on the schedule, so it's not like you know, it's it's not going to be this bleak for the for so long. But the the teams they've played um, are, you know, it's a, it's a schedule that uh, was obviously going to catapult them to number one in everybody's power rankings, and that is where they sit. Um, so their defense is obviously great. I, I think we'll,
1: we'll maybe we'll figure out a little bit later in the season exactly how great it is for sure. But it was crafted by Jim, Jim Bainheim. It really was (laughs) really bad schedule. Hey, we went out. We went to Florida once. We went out of the state once. Yeah, come on. It's fine. It's a tough schedule. But no, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, it will be very interesting to see about that. But, uh, you know, Wednesday is always the tough day of the week too. If you have early waivers, you don't even like, if you have the Yahoo waivers on Tuesday night, it's even tougher when you don't have any practice reports, but the Wednesday ones are always like, okay, how serious is, is this really Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today. we know he had like some back issues. He cramped up. It's probably nothing, but at the same time, you, you never quite know.
2: Yeah, no, like, any player who's got anything moderate, like any moderate discomfort is probably going to sit on Wednesdays, right? So you can't read too much into that practice report. Um, the, like the, the player that I probably prioritized over uh, almost any other in this waiver period with was chase Edmonds, um, based Mm -hmm. on what we were hearing about what we saw from David Johnson last week. And then what we're hearing, uh, in the early part of this week and already, it seems like they're going to, they're going to try to work him in as much as they can (laughs) to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So the Edmonds buy, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to end up being a total bust, but um, because I actually think he's one of the most uh, he's one of the most valuable handcuffs and probably one of the only situations where I would really want to handcuff it back um, in fantasy this year. There might be, there might be like four or five and Edmonds is one of them. So all of a sudden I have all these Edmonds shares and I'm probably not going to be able to use them this week.
1: Yeah. Uh, I saw you write, wrote him up in your uh, free agent article this week. Uh, Of course he did damage against my Bengals. I think that's like, that's, that's also an asterisk game. You know, Right. You do it against a team that doesn't employ linebackers, let alone good ones. Uh, it's <laughs> you, you gotta take it with the appropriate grain of salt. Good good for you for still claiming the Bengals as your own. A lot of people would would distance themselves from that mess. So I explored finding another team, and here's the thing. I you know, for some of the some of the same objections I have about the Bengals apply elsewhere. Like for instance, I'm in the LA area. I was like, okay, I can't jump on the Rams because that's kind of trendy anyhow. I don't want to be bandwagony. Uh so how about the Chargers? Oh, wait, Spanos family. No better than the Browns. Right. Can't do right. that. Nobody wants them here. It's like, okay, there'll be plenty of room. You got a quarterback, you know, and Rivers I kind of like. You know, you know, Warrior, you know, they I like some the the management has done some good stuff with this team, but it it's rotten at the core. And I just I can't get on board with that.
2: Uh, no, I hear you. It's it's hard. I, I can't say that there haven't been periods in my life as a Bears fan where I have sort of tried out other teams. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of I've shopped them. I mean, there have been some some bleak years uh, over the over but the at decades. least You're
1: in Chicago. Here, here's the dumb thing for me, Andy. I'm born and raised in Indianapolis. But before the Colts were there, my dad's from Ohio. That's why I'm a Bengals fan. Because he was a Bengals fan, guess what? Yeah. They live in Wichita, Kansas now. He is a Chiefs fan. He doesn't care about the Bengals. <laughs> oh. I'm in L.A. So he's, a, so he's actually switched his fandom, and yes. you have not. Yeah. How stupid is this? I, I've never lived in Ohio. I, I, I've, I've just they, Indy, like Indianapolis Indians were the Reds AAA farm club growing up. It started with the Reds. There's more Reds than Bengals, but I got them both with the deal there. That was part of the, it. Was it was a throw in, and I kept them, and I've kept them all this time. I have never once switched allegiances. I'm Reds, Bengals, Red Wings, and uh,
2: Indiana Pacers. The Bengals were like the Bengals. The Bengals had a minute there. They were like you know, not only the the Kenny Anderson Bengals, which was one fun experience, but then yeah. you had the the Darnay
1: Scott Carl Pickens uh, Bengals. Bill Boomer Science, and we had we had the Icky Shuffle. I named my team the Icky Shuffle. Still, <laughs> um, we I have I have two of the most painful Super Bowls ever. You know, I, I've got that for my resume, so yay for that. I hate the Niners because of that. They've they've caused infinite pain to me. Oh, that's
2: rough. Well, there's a, there's a lot of good reasons to hate the Niners. The, this year, not, you know, not, not so many. This
1: year, pretty fun, pretty frisky team. Yeah, yeah they, they cornholed us pretty good. Uh, week two, that was fun. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot, uh, as always. And I knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, I knew it was coming because we never beat the Bengals. I mean, we never beat the Niners, so there, there is that. Even in like non-important games, there was. Remember when Weish was coaching? They had a big lead, and they had one of the most horrific fourth-quarter come. <laughs> you know, had to try to go for it on fourth down to try to run out the clock. Except they left two seconds on, uh, and that was enough to kick the game-winning field. Yeah, that's my Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Good times. But no, I haven't switched. Uh, before we get anything substantive and not less therapy for me, uh, let's get a quick note from our friends at Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week six of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Sideboss has got you covered. If you miss entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join week six and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Side Boss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Side Boss weekly or daily free-to-play games. Get all the picks correct, and boom, win cash and an entry into the Side Boss one hundred fifty thousand dollars private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code Rotowire. We're here with Andy Barons. I'm Jeff Erickson, talking about Week Six, talking. Life in general. Talking about, we're going to talk a little later on about balancing fantasy and life and all that. Uh, FSWA, all sorts of good stuff. I want to talk a few other things real quick. Andy, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, Colts Sunday night was a bit perplexing. It is the first time that the Chiefs have been completely shut down in a game. Scored ten points prior to that, Mahomes, every Mahomes start uh, had twenty six or more Chiefs points all of a sudden like what do we do with this this information they're become one dimensional they they can't run the ball they he can't run himself and they don't have Tyreek Hill are you worried that the Colts might have exposed something was this in the making or is this just a blip yeah i don't think i would go
2: so far as to say that the colts exposed anything because basically as soon as mahomes became uh somewhat immobile the I, I mean, everything changed, right? Yep. He was he was limping between plays. He was he was slow to get up every time he went down. He'd made that brilliant improvisational play to frickin' Byron Pringle. Uh, they're just making up guys. I um, know, like 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 they're like they're the St. Louis Cardinals or something. Like they can just make up receivers, make up prospects. Um. Anyway, so he, like brilliant improvisational play to him. That that's kind of what we expect from Mahomes and the Chiefs, and it's it's sort of his wizardry that uh changes the math at the line of scrimmage for the for the running backs as well right like when they when they spread you out and you have to be terrified of patrick mahomes that's when we get situations where there's like five in the box and sean mccoy isn't touched until he's 20 yards downfield you know like but but it all stems from mahomes and it all stems from mahomes mobility so i'm You know, it's, it's just like, it's physically impossible for me to not rank him in the top three fantasy quarterbacks. So I've got him at the top of the ranks right now, but I I mean, we've got to be worried. And it, 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 uh, it has to be one of the things that we're paying the closest attention to uh, this coming weekend. Is that uh, like how mobile is he? How, do, right. how does he look in the pocket? Is he able to extend plays and get out of the pocket? Because that's that's kind of the whole ball game. It appears between like that's the difference between Kansas City being a Death Star offense and being just a, a good, potent offense.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, this is the second time he's hurt his ankle. You know, it, it, it happened in week one right. against the Jaguars and he was limited in the second half of that game. Uh, for whatever it's worth. I mean, they did kind of dial things down after that. They had already lost Hill too. Uh, you know, it, it's enough that we were to be, and then he went off the, and then subsequently, you know, the next week against the Raiders, like, oh, okay, everything's fine, but maybe not. Uh, we'll see. I have him second. I have Watson ahead of him this week, but you know, yeah, Bold move. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the other thing too, is like every week I do my rankings. Right. And I don't know what to do with the chiefs backfield. I have no clue how I want to rank these guys each week. I, I, you know, who who is, is there anybody that's going to emerge as the guy we want to have? So last week it was, you know, I I thought the snap count
2: between those guys was about the most, one of the most valuable things that we could watch last week. It was, I want to say it was 34 for Damian Williams and it was 14 each for LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams. So, Daryl didn't completely go away, but he largely went away. Um, and I, not to oversimplify, but I, the way it's shaping up, I, I would say that it's, uh, it's Damian Williams in any sort of PPR format. It's probably Shady McCoy um, if you're in a standard format. And obviously Shady has uh, value everywhere. He's not like, he's not seeing the field a ton, but he gets the ball almost every time he's out there. Right. It's almost a tell it's like, it's getting close to like, I don't know what, like the Jordan Howard experience in Chicago where like he's on the field. He's probably, it's probably a run and he's probably getting the football. Right. Like, uh, Cause they, they don't seem, you know, they, they seem much more interested in throwing to either Daryl or Damian, uh, Damian Williams, a, a gifted receiver in his own right. So uh, Damian is the guy that is much more versatile. And I, I would expect by the end of the year, as long as he doesn't suffer another injury is, is the better play in sort of a half PPR on a point per game basis. Um, McCoy has been, you know, I, I feel like after that first game, people were a little bit, people were almost too hyped about him because they were very low degree of difficulty runs, you know? Um, and part of that again is just what the chief set up. Like there's, there's like six in the box when he's getting a handoff and it's, you know, he's not touched until he's like eight yards downfield, 10 yards downfield, but that's, I don't know. There's no reason I think that situation is going to change. So if McCoy settles into being, you know, 10, 12 carries a game, which is probably where Andy Reid wants him. Like I, I don't, that, I guess that's the big question. Do we think that McCoy's um, role can grow? And I guess I would be surprised if it did. I think, I, I think that's probably for a, player like that at this stage of his career i think his his best possible usage is limited doses and when he's on the field let's get him the ball in favorable situations and yeah. let let damian williams handle the rest right
1: i read a note that mccoy was having trouble with blitz pickup and he was getting blown up there in the pass rush and that limited some of his snaps because they were trailing so maybe they could be part of it there too
2: yeah. I mean McCoy is past the learning stage of his career right like he's, he's not gonna he's not he's not picking up blitzes at at you know age 45
1: or whatever he is. he's not gonna he's not gonna pick it up
2: uh next week or the week after Right.
1: That's right. So yeah, you know, it's not like, yeah, it, it, certainly it's, it's not like a, him. Oh, I have to learn how to play an ED read system. Oh wait, no, that's not it either. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, it's been, it's, it's been beguiling to me though. Try to kind of put a ranking as guys, I Maybe in part of that it was because I was kind of on the Damian Williams train earlier and I feel like, I feel guilty for that. I don't know. But, and so, but I want to make sure I'm not overreacting
2: to, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Damian Williams is, is a bit of a buy low because again, he, he more than doubled up any other running back, any other right. Kansas City running back snaps last week. And I think that's the, the best
1: sign. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh, on the other side of that, uh, you know, teams have been running very successfully against the Chiefs lately. Uh, are you reasonably warm on Carlos Hyde in kind of a low, you know, underplayed revenge game to this week? Oh, that's a good call. I hadn't even, I hadn't even yet considered the
2: revenge game. Yes, huge, huge, I, huge like, revenge game. Anybody who does radio or podcasts or TV, like you need some talking points. And <laughs> even if they're, even if they're crutch argument talking points, if I'm going to do, you know, this many, like 60 minute shows at a given week, I'm going to need to say some things like Carlos Hyde revenge game. Oh, bless you, Jeff. I
1: love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I just I, I came up that I, on the fly too. I was I didn't even have that as a talking point. I just thought of it now. It's like, oh Carlos. Oh, okay. oh yeah. That's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Um Yeah, like uh,
2: I mean, I, I was, I was ready to write off Hyde entirely coming into the season. He was such a, I just thought he was such a revelation and not, you know, not like he was a a superstar or anything in week one against the saints, but the saints defense pretty good. Um, pretty good against the run and uh, like he, he was good. He's, yes. he's had some really nice moments on tape, not just, you know, function of volume or game flow, but like some legitimately nice runs. Um, thought it was super lively and the chiefs, you know, entering last week anyway, I think we're allowing 5.9 yards per carry. Like they just, you know, it's some of that is a function of, of game situation with them. They end up in a lot of spots where they're perfectly content to let you run the ball and kill clock and they're ahead and it's, it's all fine. Like that's just who the chiefs are. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's a, now I like, we know that Carlos Hyde is not going to, I think he only has the one game this year where he has any sort of reception total and he got no yards with like four receptions. So, um, he's, he gets no sort of PPR bump, but we've seen him get 20 carries. Like they're perfectly comfortable handing the ball off to him. So, uh, I mean, if you're, it, it, again, you're in any kind of standard format, sure. I, I think he's a, I think he's a very solid start in a game where the, the total could, could approach 60. Yeah.
1: Another game that I find really interesting is Rams Niners this week. You know, the Niners coming off the Monday night game looking great. You know, they they had 2 weeks to prepare for that game. They have 5 days this time and meanwhile the Rams have 10 days basically. You know, the, well, I'm I'm exaggerating in, in a little bit, but the Rams had the Thursday game, the Niners had the Monday had the Monday game. Yeah. It's at the Rams too no less. Uh the perception at the beginning of the season was that the Rams were well ahead of the Niners. I I don't think they should be treated anything more than equals at this point in time, and I think the Niners could even be better, but prep time might be an issue in this one.
2: Yeah, um, prep time's surely an issue, but I I mean, I I don't know who, who on earth could think that the Rams are the better team. (laughs) Like if we're, if we're purely limiting it to things that have happened on the field this year, like, uh, you know, how golf looks at this, at this day. I mean, not just how golf looks this year, but really how golf looked after say the lions game last year. He hasn't really, I guess with the exception, like the Tampa Bay game was a statistical blow-up game in which he was terrible. Yes. Um, and he's just been he's just been really he's been really sloppy. Um, you know, I, I think defenses have have gotten a handle on the whole thing where Sean McVay inhabits Goff's body for brief periods of time, right? And they've right. they've solved a little bit of that. They've taken away some of the deep stuff. They've forced him onto secondary reads, and it's not always pretty. Um, and and Goff has really struggled with it. So, and my God, who looks better? Who looks better than Matt Breida? Um, Matt, Matt Breida looks like maybe about 85, 90% of Barry Sanders, uh, at least he did on Monday night. He's had some really, really nice moments this season. Um, right. And and you know, that, that was a guy who always had the athleticism and it's just, wow. as it manifested itself on the field? Like he's, he's incredible. Um, the guys behind him are really good on that running back depth chart. Um, the, the passing game hasn't necessarily found itself. Kittle, um, Kittle notwithstanding he's, obviously been great and his season could be that much like we might forget i don't forget because i own kittle everywhere but because uh, you're an iowa think, guy let's let's just I'm, close this because here. i'm an yeah. iowa guy shout out to the iowa hawkeyes who only ever threw the ball to him like 25 times a year
1: um, <laughs> he's even tight he's now, end producing machine
2: iowa hawkeyes. yeah seriously uh, 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 i shouldn't i shouldn't go down that rabbit hole but anyway we barely threw him the ball and he was never our leading receiver um incredibly um but Kittle has like a couple of negated touchdowns on the season too. Like he had, he had two negated by penalty in week one. Right. He could, he could be running away with the tight end scoring crown. Like if everything had counted, um, he's just been fantastic this season and pretty good argument that he is, that he is the game's best, uh, you know, uh, sort of two way tight end blocking and receiving tight end. And then that defense is just full of game wreckers. So I like, I, I don't, I don't even know if it's close in that the Niners are a better team than the Rams. Um, it, it certainly helps that that game is in los angeles I, I agree with you that it's about as it's going to be about as fun to watch as as anything on the slate
1: yeah what do you make of ty Gurley at this point in, uh this season you know there's a, it was the big mystery coming into the year a black box because they did not let us see him and once in the preseason why and why would you i get it but we still don't know how like is there is there another level still left in him
2: I I thought coming into the I have no Todd Gurley shares, which seems like, you know, now he's piling up touchdowns and maybe that seems like a mistake. Um, But I I just thought it was one of the most suspicious injury situations that that I'd ever seen. Um, Not not only the way like I'm accustomed to teams not wanting to discuss player injuries, but like. He he wouldn't say a thing about it when asked in interviews. Um, he, all of their offseason moves suggest between, you know, the commitment they made to Henderson, the commitment they made to Brown, suggested that the usage of Todd Gurley in the postseason and late in the season was probably what we were going to see this year. So I just I just don't have any shares. I I, I just assumed coming into the year that he was going to be a guy who was they were going to sit him for a couple games and he was going to see, the, I don't know, 12 touches and a bunch of others. And the most likely scenario was that he was um, protecting a chronic issue that and, and they would just want to get him healthy. They like they would just want to get to January with him healthy. And I, I, I think maybe what we saw last week was, you know, vital division game. And it's going to be the same case here. Um, if you're ever going to fully deploy Todd Gurley in any game all season, it's going to be those those key divisional matchups. So right. maybe we get a full dose of Gurley here. I, I just I think it's really suspicious. I don't think he moves at all like the guy that we saw at Georgia and the guy that we saw like early last year, two years ago. Um, I, like he seems to to just not move laterally as well. And it, it's going to come down to where he's used on the field and how he's used. Um, but I, do I, like, do I
1: trust him? No, I don't trust him. I, I'm with you on this entirely. Uh, I have him in one where I thought the price dipped low enough. And I, this is funny because I was pretty strident that I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him. Then, okay, <laughs> pick 23. Okay, Tiger, fine. Um, yeah, and, you know, I look this week. I've got him like 16 in my rankings among running backs. Like, oh, Okay. Him or Devonta Freeman or Carlos Hyde? That's who I'm choosing between. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know, they just don't throw to him the same. And I think that's a huge. And the, the whole the whole Rams mess is is just throwing me for a loop because they you know they spend a third round pick on uh, Henderson. You're like, okay, fine, he's going to be the change of pace guy. Then, you know, oh wait, he's not me- you know meshing with this zone read very well. Oh. He never sees the field. Oh, he's not even, you know, he's not even (laughs) getting a touch drop now at this point. I mean, I I wanted to be patient for a couple of weeks. Okay. They're just breaking. They'll break them in fine. They're not even, you know, bringing them in and passing downs, but yet they're not throwing to Gurley or Brown either. Like, you guys are crazy. You're driving me nuts.
2: They are crazy not to, not to throw to any running back ever. (laughs) That's just, that's such a staple of NFL offense. uh, uh, And especially this offense. It, it seems really strange. Yeah. yeah. But I, but again, the whole, the whole, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And I've, I've, I've probably thought more about for a player that I don't even know. And I've probably thought more about his situation than any other, like what exactly the knee issues can be, um, wh- whether, whether any of this is related to, to, to his contract and not wanting to, I, I don't know. Like I got, I got no answers here, except that it, it seems pretty clearly that it is a, a chronic condition of some sort and, right. and the team is terrified of it and they would just like to get him to the most important games in one piece
1: yeah and they're like how did we sign him to this deal how are we locked into this all of a sudden and now this has happened and now oh, we got we we got to make him last you know because you, you break it you buy it it's ours but yeah uh, yeah yeah and, and
2: with all that going on dallas signed zeke to that monster deal too um not that zeke's body of work uh, doesn't say that he deserves it but Man, um, but those long term guaranteed deals for running backs, that that doesn't seem the way to go. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah.
1: But that's they kind of did this to themselves, though, by, you know, putting such an extreme limit on first year contracts, you know, these early contracts. Well, OK, fine. Uh, now they're like, we're going to hold out and we're going to see more of these holdouts. This is definitely coming until in because you know the running backs are you know and they're frustrated you are they're the ones the least amount of leverage so they're going to hold out that's all the recourse they have
2: yeah as as they totally should um yep. and it, and it absolutely worked for i'm i'm still surprised that it worked as well as it did for zeke i thought for sure that You know, like I thought for sure that Dallas would just pay the guys who were actually in camp. Mm -hmm. Like that seemed like the message that a normal team with normal ownership would send, you know, like like that. We got a bunch of guys that got to get paid. We got Amari. We got Dak Prescott. Those guys are here with us. And, and so, like, I just feel like what I've always seen over the course of my NFL watching life is that an ownership group will say, I'm going to I'm going to reward those guys. They're right. here. They're working with us. They're getting ready for this season. They're like uh, all rowing the boat in the same direction, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, I'm going to pay those guys if I'm paying anyone. And then we'll worry about Zeke later. But of course, Zeke's holdout was was the most
1: effective. Um, and he's the, he's the one that got his money. Yep, indeed. Uh, it, it is funny. You know, I thought it would be closer to the Melvin Gordon experience than uh, what we did. And yeah. Gordon, Gordon got a reduction in fines. That was his big compensation. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't quite win that one there. Uh, before we, uh, t- we'll talk about the Chargers in a second, but before that, the NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, so no Fred Zinke, who we had on previously, there's <laughs> no reason why you shouldn't tra- try your shot. Take your shot, even. Take it even. Yahoo! Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo! Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash fantasy. So I wanted I'm to talk. tell
2: you, you Yahoo ahead. executives have been targeting Fred Zinke and Pat Mayo for years. They just don't want them to
1: Brutal. win any money. Brutal. It's tough. Uh, Rob Silver too. You know, he's already won the NFC, <laughs> so you know, forget that guy. He doesn't get any any bit of that filthy lucre either. Uh, Chris, Chris Liss in Portugal also not eligible. So nope, although he's a citizen, so eh, barely, uh, but they, I guess he counts still. Um, Talking Chargers. Talking. You know, Melvin Gordon, pretty. You know, uninspiring first game back. Not a real surprise. I mean, kind of expected. It's kind of be like the Zeke experience where you, you get kind of worked in uh, slowly and then maybe get more of the workload. They threw to him six times, though, for seven yards. Uh, it was just an odd game, that whole game against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I, I thought actually the most surprising number was the the crazy target total for Austin Eckler. Yeah. Uh, I, I think eventually that backfield will get back to what it was Last year, when both players were healthy, when Melvin – I want to say Melvin for the year averaged like 19 touches a game – Eckler when he was healthy was 10 to 12. Um, and both guys can have obvious value at that sort of workload. Right. I don't like, I don't think it's going to be 50, 50. I think it's probably going to eventually be like a 70, 30 situation as it was. Um, I, you know, I, I only have Gordon in one league, but I, I, I started like one and three in that league. So I'm going to, I'm going to
1: need this situation to turn around real quick. Yeah. Uh, As we're talking, tweet comes down the wire from uh, Eric Williams. He's a uh, writer for that covers the Chargers for ESPN, saying that Mike Pouncey will have neck surgery and is done for the season. My goodness. Every week the Chargers have something. Yeah,
2: that's really bad. There's no there's no positive way to spin that. That's uh, that's bad for all concerns, bad for the entire offense.
1: Yeah. And of, you know, of course, it might that's the sort of type of neck a neck thing like that that could be career finishing too. I mean, it's yeah. that's pretty bad. But every single week the Chargers have had something whether it's Mike Williams or Hunter Henry, you know, or you know, just Every week, it seems like there's a major injury, whether, you know, or or even in the preseason there with, uh, you know, losing, uh, you know, know, losing Derwin James. I mean, they it it, honestly, it feels like a Chargers tradition. I mean, there have been years where um,
2: the entire receiving core like wasn't practicing and they would, you know, they would all still show up on Sunday. But it was it was after a week of like, you know, Vincent Jackson couldn't practice and Antonio Gates couldn't practice. And so God knows who Philip Rivers was throwing to on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. But Right, it was none of the guys that were on the field with him on on Sunday. That that is
1: a that is a longstanding Chargers tradition that predates the LA move. Indeed, indeed. So you can't even blame the karma moving it to like you know, the practice facility, some secret burial ground. No, it's, it's always <laughs> been there. Uh, their favorites this week, six and a half point favorites against the Steelers. Very low total on this one. You know the Steelers are going to be probably using their third string QB. You know, they're hosting, but they're probably still a road team the way it it works out with their fan base and the Steelers fan base, respectively. Uh, What do you make out of this game?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, Just a (laughs) just like I don't I don't even know what to make of the Steelers offense. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Devlin was was fine. Uh, Devlin Hodges was fine when we saw him last week. And was he seven of nine? Was he eight of nine? Like it wasn't. It didn't look bad, um, and yet he's a, a Samford quarterback now throwing his first passes, and he was obviously it was you know practice squatter for a reason. Um, so I, I have very low expectations for Pittsburgh's offense. Um, they're they're down Jalen Samuels, who was a thing. Um, so it, it's basically James Conner and hope to get 150 passing yards somehow. Uh, and, and can the Chargers out manage to outscore that? Yeah, I, I think they can. I've been been relatively disappointed with, uh, with Rivers so far. Um, like Keenan Allen seems like a, like an obvious starter to me for everyone. Uh, Gordon and Eckler obvious starters for everyone, but, um, messy game for sure. You're, you're totally right about what the atmosphere will be in the stadium that has traditionally, uh, Pittsburgh visiting the chargers has has always been a
1: partisan Pittsburgh crowd. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think it could be an extreme case of it there. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, there's just a lot of ugly implications. I'm just looking at like implied totals all over the place. There, Steelers are at 17.3, at least according to our odds page on Rotowire. Uh, uh, not as bad as the Giants that are at 12. That's right. 12 points for Thursday night should be should be a lot of fun to watch. Another great two awesome primetime games there, Andy. We got some hopefully, really good. Stuff hopefully
2: there. we can just get like a magical Golden Tate PPR game where he catches like 10 <laughs> balls for 56 yards or something like that. Like
1: that's 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 all I need in the places where I own them. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh, the other primetime game, uh, Packers and Lions actually could be good, uh, although I don't know if I'm buying this whole. The Lions are good hype yet. Just cuz I, th- I I I or that Matt Patricia is a good coach yet. I'm not sold on that proposition either. Yeah, no part of, you know, it's hard to get the the sort of stink of
2: week 1 out of your mind yep. with the <laughs> with the Lions. They they did have some moments last year. Um they they've got a bunch of interesting pieces Gr- like Green Bay at the start of the season, the way they the way they came out, which maybe that was a uh, had more to do with Mitch Trubisky than anything else, but the way they came out in Week One, the way they came out in the early weeks, you really thought their defense was going to be something, and then and then the Eagles kind of exposed that, right? Like right. the Eagles shamed them. Um, so now, not so much. Um, now I now I do feel like that is going to be a game that at least stays within one score for most of it. Um, again the lions coming off a bye, which theoretically should help them um so i'm but uh, obviously green bay looked tremendous last week against dallas so wh- whatever expectations we had uh, uh for dallas's defense were th- which were probably skewed by their uh relatively easy early schedule they were exposed a little bit um you know, a lot of this a lot of this is gonna come down for me to to the health of Devontae Adams and whether he's gonna be able to go. So that's just gonna be one of those like Friday,
1: Saturday practice reports that we care about an awful lot. Yep. I, I I'd agree with that. Uh moving away from week six, I wanna talk about you, Andy Behrens. Uh, oh gosh. You are the president of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. What does that mean? What do you do? Um I I would say, well, this year has been weird because
2: there's some uh I I won't even bore you with the details, but we've had had some like, you know, incorporation and legal work to do behind the scenes. So I've been like uh, talking to lawyers a little bit like, you know, typical bureaucratic administrative nonsense that you have to do if you've ever been like an officer in a condo association or some such thing. The Fantasy Sports Writers Association has that as well. And that's what I've spent, you know, a lot of my year on. But for the most part, in a typical year, most of the most of that actual job is uh, centered around award season, right? So, okay. year, like years ago, predating my involvement in it, um, probably predating me being even in the fantasy industry, the the organization itself was founded as a way to recognize the the quality content that was being produced by fantasy writers at a time when fantasy wasn't necessarily as universally embraced as part of the sports experience, right? right. Like you you go back, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And, uh, I think, I think people generally thought of fantasy as kind of a, kind of a nerdy niche thing, which maybe it is, but I, you know, over time, I think people realized just how much, the simple fact of playing in a couple of fantasy leagues informs you as a fan, it makes does. you a better fan, plugs plugs you into, uh, you know, regardless of the sport, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, plugs you into the entire league in ways that you were not plugged in before. So, like, if you're, I feel like we've arrived at a point where if you're a serious fan, you're you're definitely playing fantasy. Um, you're not just like, you know, the the meathead rolling up to the Bears game on Sunday who has no idea. Uh, who plays for the opponent in any given week. Right. So right. There, there was a time when fantasy writers got, got virtually no respect as analysts. Um, and the FSWA was basically founded to say, you know what, actually some of the, some of the best writing that goes on in sports period is happening within the fantasy space. And we want to, we want to recognize, you know, whether that was Chris Harris or Matt Barry or Chris Liss or Jeff Erickson or the, like whoever, mm-hmm. um, we, Eric Carable, I keep going like the, the people that were actually doing some of the most, uh, some of the, the deeper, more meaningful analytical pieces and some of the funniest voices in, in all of sports writing were in fantasy. So, uh, it was a way to recognize that and it, and it remains a way to recognize that. And we've, uh, some, I guess some of the, some of the things that I'm, that I'm most proud of that we've done over the years is continue to, uh, evolve and expand our word categories to recognize all the like phenomenal work that that is going on and all the, all the different different vectors that people have taken in fantasy. It's really like, it's not, it's not just start, sit columns anymore. It's not just stop right. reports anymore, right? Like people, have people have taken it in a whole bunch of fun directions. And I, like, we're always, we're always playing catch up. Like, um, there's so many great people in our industry, uh, doing such great work, not even, not even on their own site, sites, but on, but on social platforms, like we, we still have catch up to do, but, uh, you know, our awards have expanded and the number of people who nominate for the awards has gotten to be just a, a crazy number. So that that's much of my, much of my year. And we're going to, you know, we're going to launch, we're going to launch, uh, nominations pretty soon. Much of my year is, is just sort of administering that process.
1: Yeah. And it is astounding how many different, like you said, vectors that this industry has grown. Uh, you know, I I look at my personal experience and I have no radio background. I have no podcast background. I I was a (laughs) poli sci guy. I was studying for the bar exam and we launched Roto News back in 1997. Peter Shanky had the idea, came up with it, you know, pitched to me and Herb, uh, Herb Ilk uh, and the founding partners then. And. Since then, it's, it's grown in so many different ways. Apps, whether it's incorporating now gaming talk, you know, that, that's a big challenge our industry it, or opportunity our industry is facing. A, you know, apps, you know, radio, TV, film, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's unimaginable, the stuff that we're doing now versus what we did then. And I, I used to be happy when, oh, I'd, I saw ESPN mentioned fantasy. ES, ESPN.starwave.com <laughs> mentioned fantasy. Yeah. Wow. Cool. We're getting mainstreamed. I don't have to explain to people what I'm doing, why I'm not practicing law, besides besides hating it um you know
2: it it used to be it used to be a little corner of espn.com right and now it's um i mean i like maybe i shouldn't feel this way because they you know whatever i'm at yahoo they're the competition but it's yeah i feel like it's just so good for the industry every time they weave fantasy content into their mainstream nfl content mlb content whatever like it's so good and they have been so good at doing it for so long um that that has sure that has really helped expand the the number of fantasy players generally
1: well look at like uh, all that it spawned too I mean you know look at you know fox look at uh, you know your interaction you know everything that Yahoo's done with NBC and all that uh, all all the tie-ins there you know there, there there's fantasy mentions here and there all left and right it's mm-hmm. great NFL.com you know you, you look at the red zone package the fantasy zone channel I mean that, that's they they know their audience let's face it and it, it's pretty awesome to see yeah, I, uh, a
2: couple of years ago at uh, the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, I met, uh, I met Scott Hansen and I'm like, I, I must've just come across as such a, as such a total fanboy, And I, I never do that. Like I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not weird when I meet athletes, when I meet a lot of people, but I was like, man, Hansen, you don't, you don't know, you don't even know how valuable you are to me and to my industry. Like I was, I was just, I was, I was all gratitude. I might've been a little sauce too, but I was really, maybe just possibly.
1: <laughs> yeah. But- it's all good. It's all good. We all have our moments uh, like that. Uh, I, I'm sure I've been in that. Like, for instance, when I, I see you at conferences, Andy, uh, I get that way. <laughs> yeah, I really need to get some security when I when I go Absolutely. to the FSGA conference. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's quite a ride. You've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. And it's just really cool to see. our our personal growth in the industry and see our industry grow in such ways. You see the Scott Fishbowl, you see uh, TGFBI, you know, like uh, uh, it's just you see things like that and you realize how vast it is, too.
2: Yeah, I fully agree with you. And again, we were um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that that. Like I feel, I feel like my wife was was sort of sheepish when she would tell people what I did. Like, like yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't real sports writing, or it wasn't you know uh, uh, real writing generally. And now it's like he,
1: you know, now now they think it's the coolest job in the world, right? It kind of is the coolest job in the world. Yeah, paying for my kids' school, it's all good. I like yeah. it. It's great. It's good times. Uh, we'll leave on that happy note. Uh, always leave on a nice note. Andy, thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Oh, man. That, thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to you, man. All right. Well, we'll see you shortly. And I, I'm sure at uh, uh, I, I'll see you probably at FSGA's in January. I am already I'm counting the days. Yeah, that'll be awesome. All right. Very good. This has been the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to Yahoo. Thanks to Andy for joining us. Be back at you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.